everyone, and welcome to the R Word, where we plan on getting trashy with you again today. Trashy. <laughs> so Janelle and I have another exciting topic to discuss with you today. Fast fashion. Maybe saying it's exciting is pushing it, but um, yeah, that's I, a whole other exciting factor <laughs> yeah. for Lindsay. Uh, this podcast is something that I'm really passionate about. Uh, forgive me <laughs> in advance. I might get a little heated, a little ragey. <laughs> it's that redhead thing. Um, our main question today, though, is going to be, what is the real cost of fast fashion? Yeah. We're going to discuss what fast fashion is, in case you don't know, the impact the industry has on the environment and people, clothing disposal, and what sustainable fashion looks like. So let's get started. So, let's do it. So just tell me kind of what fast fashion is, you know. Okay, so fast fashion is, you guessed it, Fast. <laughs> yes. So it's basically bringing what's ever on the runway today, it's coming into your closet tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So these clothes are made in a foreign country, rapid, with low quality materials, and it keeps those costs down for us as the consumer. Stores receive clothing usually bi weekly, weekly, or mm-hmm. even sometimes on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy how fast it can go. Um, one of the stores that we've picked out is Topshop. It introduces 400 styles a week on its website. And their storefront is almost just as packed. So most online stores upload new fashion items onto their website weekly. So there's always something new. Um, another company is Zara. They boast about a 15-day turnover, meaning from inception... To being sold in a store, it only takes 15 days. That's freaking nuts. That's insane. (laughs) So we know for sure that the quality of these garments are super low and uh, you're just getting cheap runway looks if that's Mm -hmm. really your goal. The fast fashion industry has grown 21% since 2016. Mm. So fast fashion is way more accessible than it's ever been you know with uh big names like Beyonce uh-huh. my girl and uh <laughs> Farrell Williams and The Weeknd they team up with fast fashion brands which means that they further increase the trendiness of the like super bad clothing yeah so people who have a lot of sway and influence are actually making it really hard and they're normalizing these brands mm, which is trashy, trashy. <laughs> all right so how does fast fashion affect the environment and people? First, we're going to start with the environment, all right? Yeah. Fast fashion produces 20% of the world's wastewater, and textile dyeing is the world's second largest polluter of water globally. Yeah, it takes 2,000 gallons of water to make a typical pair of jeans and roughly 700 gallons of water to make a cotton t-shirt, and the fast fashion industry is still expanding, all right? Cotton mm-hmm. is the most water-intensive crop out there. I know someone who's conscious about my waste, buying something made from like 100% cotton feels really good because cotton is a natural fiber, so it's 100% yeah. compostable. Yeah. But cotton is a very unsustainable crop, as we kind of touched on, especially organic cotton, maybe not necessarily a lot better in the resources that it's using. So organic cotton farmers don't use the normal pesticides that you would with regular cotton. Okay. So more of the cotton is thrown away. Cotton farmers have also been known to divert fresh running water to their cotton fields. So this caused, it's called Lake Errol in Uzbekistan. It was once the fourth largest, like, sea in the world to pretty much dry up. 
And this left people without water, food, or the ability to create income for themselves. It also left residual chemicals in the dried up lake bed. And when it dried up, these chemicals are getting blown around, potentially causing all sorts of sickness in the people in the surrounding areas too. So 9% of the materials we use for this type of clothing are synthetic and created with non-renewable energies. Yeah. Most clothing being made with polyester, all right? So probably just like take the shirt you're wearing, look, pull up the label and see. Actually, I'm going to do that right now. Where's my clothing label? Do you have a polyester shirt? Uh, my shirt is made out of... Actually, it doesn't say... Yeah, mine's too um, old to actually have the label on it. It just still. says made in... Just tell me how to wash it. I don't know, guys. But I can tell you right now. This is not made from cotton. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you look at your clothing, most of it is made with polyester. Polyester uses more than 70 million barrels of oil each year just to make um, polyester. And that is producing 10% of the world's carbon emissions. These materials require special dyes that are more harmful for the environment than just a regular dye. Yeah. And the process of dyeing uses so many chemicals that can't easily be filtered out of water. And polyester is processed in countries that have high water scarcity and poor environmental standards. Yeah. So basically, in these areas, the water gets dumped just back into regular fresh water because they don't have the abilities to treat it properly and or the laws that make it mandatory to do so. So in countries that lack rigorous environmental policies, it's estimated that 70% of the water is contaminated, and it's con contaminated by 2.5 billion gallons of wastewater in the textile industry. So now that we've talked about the environment lens and uh, what fast fashion is doing to that, the next step is to talk about the people and mm -hmm. how fast fashion is affecting them. So a super easy one to start off with, well, not so easy, is child labor and uh, gender-based violence and physical abuse and sexual harassment and forced overtime and the wages and the consequences of working for fast fashion industries. So like technically fast fashion companies are creating clothing without questionable ethics. They do this by outsourcing production of their clothing to a tier one company. <clears throat> now that a tier one company then outsources the production to manufacturing companies that are not officially linked to a specific fast fashion company. So, okay, what does this mean? This means that big companies can say, oh, we didn't know. No, of course not. We, we have what? great sustainability We're, we're really have yeah. good ethics here. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically just wiping their hands clean um, and abdicating any responsibility that they have to the situation. So uh, well done, fast fashion companies. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. for them to be really line. good for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in these factories... Uh, production targets are usually astronomical. Uh, workers are often forced to work overtime without overtime pay. So women make up 80 to 90% of the laborers in these factories, but the majority of supervisors are men. Oh, shocking. Shocker. So this creates a huge imbalance of power, and it makes it highly improbable that a woman will ever report any sexual, verbal, or physical abuse to their superiors. Mm -hmm. They're just scared. In Vietnam, there was over 700 female workers interviewed, 
in three provinces, and 43% spoke about experiencing a form of violence in the last year. So that means nearly half of the women making your clothing are abused, and it's super unacceptable. No, that's awful. And half don't want to speak out because they're so terrified. Mm-hmm. In 2012, a fire killed 258 people in a textile factory in Karachi. In 2013, there was a factory collapse in Bangladesh that killed over a thousand people. So let that sink in. People have died and they are treated so poorly uh, just so we can have a proper runway style. Mm. Okay, so in India, there's a preference to use children for cotton picking because they have smaller hands, meaning they do less damage to the cotton and then the company gets more in return. So in southern India, specifically, they promise parents that their daughters will be well taken care of when, in essence, these children live in a modern-day slavery Mm-hmm. These countries have horrendous working conditions because they are so scared if they pay their people more, have more regulation on labor or environmental standards, they'll scare away these fast fashion companies, which employ so many people in these countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a workforce that is willing to work for less money, especially children, um, uneducated adults, because it's their only option to support for their family. Mm -hmm. And these big companies have made it that way. So it's so important to call out companies when we find gross labor violations. Mm -hmm. You can refuse to buy clothing from companies that don't have high labor or environmental standards. You can, and we should. And we should. Indeed. Indeed. Do you, like, we always promote research. Look up some good companies and just go hard yeah. on those. Support yeah. those companies. <clears throat> all right. So, you know, after that's all made and good to go, now the next topic is where? Like, what? where does our old clothing go? Okay, so we're going to do, like, a simple step program for you. Perfect. Okay, so step one. Yeah. It is resold at a secondhand store. You can do this online as well or in store whatever your preference is. Keep in mind, less than 25% of clothing that is donated in Canada is resold. So if it does not sell, then step two, it's donated to charity where roughly 50% of all clothing that is donated in Canada just gets shipped overseas. So if it doesn't get picked up by a donation center, then step three, we're going to have A. All right, so it's sold by weight to companies that reuse or repurpose the fabric for things like car seats or furniture stuffing, or this is the step 3B. It is just shipped to a third world country. So overseas, it is either resold or ends up in a landfill. So most often it is African, Asian, and South Asian countries that our clothing is shipped to. Pakistan received $11 million worth of clothing from Canada in 2017. This floods their markets and can stop their own textile markets from expanding. It floods their economy. Like, there's no tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, or there's this beautiful, typical North American way. Step one, toss it in the garbage. The average Canadian household throws away 100 pounds of textiles every year, which makes up to 8 to 12% of what is in our landfills. That's so crazy. Yeah. These poorly made synthetic clothings, which we talked about before, are full of lead and pesticides and dyes, which pretty much never break down. And then they just release toxins into the air, the ground, and then down into our groundwater. 
So 80 billion items of clothing are consumed worldwide each year. So the easiest way to avoid fast fashion for us, in our opinion, is to shop secondhand. Exactly. The average Albertan acquires about 90 secondhand items a year, which I think is pretty cool. That's super yeah. awesome. You know, so, or you can have like a swap and sell with yeah, your girlfriend. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, that's my super. friend came over last night and I was like, dude, do you want this purse? I don't need it. So, I do that all the time yeah, with you. Yeah. So, yeah, Janelle's just like, here, do you want this? I'm like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> um, so, if you don't want to deal with selling your clothing or swapping it or anything like that, uh, here in Calgary, there are a few shelters you can that can always use donations. For so sure. So there's the Women in Need Society, the Calgary Women's Shelter, as well as the Calgary Drop-In Center. So that is the largest homeless shelter in North America. So if you have stuff that you don't need, whether it's, you know, shoes, jackets, socks, like computers, anything like that, like they will take it. So please do that. That's awesome. So um, what what would sustainable fashion look like is what we want to talk about next. All right. So it actually may surprise you that there are a lot of fast fashion brands out there. Um, how they choose to be more sustainable, it kind of varies though. So from companies only having two fashion seasons a year to create more timeless, companies focusing on capsule wardrobes, making clothing in order to decrease clothing waste, some only have online stores, some purchase carbon offsets, some focus on really connecting to their producers and consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some companies go see the farmers making their cottons and they have factories where everyone is paid a living wage and they take care of the children, especially girls of the workers, by sending them to school. Mm-hmm. So companies who really want to make a difference are the only ones that are tracking every step in the process, mm-hmm. making sure the environment, and the people are protected, which is super awesome. This is, um, in another sense, called slow fashion, and it's to increase the amount of companies who focus on slow fashion. We really need to support them. Yeah, and just as like a kind of touch note from that, so these companies that care a lot about sustainability, they are tracking not just by oh, this company, it's a tier one company or it's a its a secondhand company that we're using. They go to these factories. They work with these farmers. They really, they show up to these manufacturing plants. Like they actually go. And so they, they want to be responsible. So a lot of these slow fashion kind of sustainable fashion brands that we have researched, that's, that's their initiative. Like they want to go and they want to be involved and they really want to make sure that slow fashion is something that they're invested in. Yeah. So for companies that are, you know, looking towards going for that shift towards sustainable manufacturing and slow fashion, uh, fair labor rights, um, using natural materials and making long lasting clothes that creates a modern day slow Mm -hmm. fashion. And it really encourages us to buy garments that are of higher quality um, and made for more of a sustainable process. And here the goal is to have you buying less clothing. It also puts emphasis on the art of clothing, making, encouraging uniqueness among mm-hmm. those who want to wear them. Yeah, totally. And that's yeah, cool. and everybody's identity <clears throat> is shaped 
by, you know, the outside. So Mm -hmm. how can we show who we are as, like, a person? Yeah, definitely. So there have been a lot of fast fashion companies that say they are planning to become more sustainable or more worker-friendly, but we're a little hesitant on it. So we have a few resources for you to make sure that your sustainable shopping is just a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. So there is a website called Good On You. They rate the companies on three categories, environmental impact, labor conditions, and animal welfare. There is also a local-run website here in Calgary called My New Neighbor. It is about sustainable fashion. So on their website, they share many amazing local and Canadian and worldwide brands that they trust. So definitely go check those out as well. If you love some of these fast fashion companies and their clothing, our suggestion is to try purchasing it secondhand instead, instead of right off the rack. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we walk into a mall or into a store uh, to look at clothing, we don't just see the price of the clothing. I see the price women, children, and countless others pay because I don't want to spend $35 on a sustainable t-shirt or wait to find exactly what I want from a secondhand store. I see the cost to the environment, to the water, Mm -hmm. to the air, and, you know, we wonder, is it worth it? And... I think buying secondhand, I think it speaks volumes that uh, the answer is kind of no. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. So that's the the quick and dirty on fast fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know Lindsay has some pretty cool passions when it comes to fast fashion. (laughs) And uh, she's definitely tried to speak her her way through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's um, taken on a huge accomplishment, which I think everybody should applaud her for. So she's going to kind of talk to us a little yeah. bit about her story and uh, maybe it will influence you or inspire you to try it yourself. So, yeah. yeah. Lindsay, so, what kind of, what did you do in 2018? So, yeah. So kind of March 2018 to March 2019, I did a no shopping year for clothing. So I did not buy new clothing. Um, there was two expe- exceptions. I did have to buy a bridesmaid's dress for my cousin's wedding and I did buy a sloth onesie. Because that's what a normal human being would want to <laughs> we buy. We were going to a PJ party. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely could have been better on that one. But yeah, completely honest. But yeah, I didn't buy any other clothing that was new that year. I didn't even buy secondhand clothing. I bought no clothing that's for awesome. a year. And it was really cool. And now I've bought some clothes this year because my nose no clothing year kind of ran up and I kind of replenished things that I noticed that I wanted but I also sometimes look at my closet now and I'm like wow I don't need this I don't need this so one of the ways people can kind of address whether or not they wear something or not it's kind of this hanger switch so what you do is you flip all your hangers around backwards you hang all your items in your closet and then when you wear something you flip the hanger around the right way So you can see what you've worn and you haven't worn. Now, because we live in Calgary and we have like full on seasons, you kind of do need to take a whole year to do this because there's some sweaters that I won't wear in the summer because it's like a parka (laughs) and it's just, yeah. I mean, and there is some crazy wedding, uh, there is some crazy weather here, but uh, for the most part, you do need a whole year in Calgary, I find. Um, but yeah, like it's, it was so great to not do it. I felt probably like I saved money, uh, and I felt really good about what I did wear. So I wore all of my clothing and the clothing that I didn't wear, I sold. 
Okay. And anything, yeah, I went to the second So you actually store. made money off of your <laughs> yeah. clothing last year. I actually bought my bike with the money that I made from selling my clothes. How cool is that? And yeah. I think ultimately it wasn't more just like, you know, saving money. It was that whole mental shift around mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah, yeah. And even now I've only um, bought, yeah, in this last year I've only bought two brand new things and I still feel guilty like, I do genuinely feel guilty that I bought something brand new. I'm like, oh, my God. So, I mean, this isn't for everyone. Uh, you can buy, if you if you have a problem with shopping because, I don't know, your size is weird, then, yeah, you have to buy new clothes. But it could be some of the time, too, maybe you try and find a sustainable brand or you donate your clothes or you bring your reusable bag. Like this isn't like you have to stop buying clothes. Otherwise you're a terrible person and you're not sustainable. For me, it was mostly just, this is something really easy that I can do to impact change in my life. So it looks different for everyone. It sure does. But it really, I think you'd be surprised at how easy it is not to buy clothes, especially after I think you hit that kind of like four month mark, because it's, especially if you like ever go to shopping malls, you see it all the time. You're like, oh, and you... And because we are, some again, some places, 400 new items on their website every single day. You go on Facebook, someone's marketing a new clothes. Even if it's sustainable, like my Instagram page will be like, oh, sustainable shoes, sustainable this, sustainable that, right? Like, it, And then you're like, oh, it's sustainable. It's totally great. Same problem. But exactly. We're still consuming. Yeah. We're still buying new stuff that we don't need. So go through what you have. Look at it. Do you like it? Do you love it? Can you get rid of it? Like, do you need 18 purses? You know, do you need 18 pairs of shoes? Like, I got rid of shoes. I got rid of this. I got rid of that. And it just, it becomes a way to become more aware I like of what is in your life. I really think, too, if, like, if not shopping for a year is something that just, like, kind of freaks you right out, maybe try not shopping every month or shopping, like, every three months, but then buying a larger piece of clothing that is maybe more expensive and will last you mm-hmm. five to ten years, right? Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, there's different ways of this whole no spend year or mm-hmm. no clothing. Yeah, no that clothing. You had. Yeah. It's cool. So I really applaud you for it, Lindsay. Yeah. It was fun. Awesome. And I think everyone should test it out and do it. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. We might have issues with the whole shoe situation. <laughs> but All right. We will get there. So we have uh, our what the moment today, but with a little bit of a twist. So we know everybody's favorite yoga pants, Lululemon. It is, uh, it's been a bit remiss in checking in with their clothing factories lately. So the Guardian came out with an article stating that uh, many factory workers have come forth stating that they're being mistreated. Uh, this consists of being verbally and physically abused. Also accounts of being forced to work to hit targets, even if they're ill or disabled. Um, these workers are paid less than half of what is considered a living wage in Bangladesh. Uh, I think we figured it out mm-hmm. to be like 140 bucks a month, which mm-hmm. can't even buy them a pair of Lululemon tights. Mm-hmm. So as we talked earlier about companies, they're sourcing their manufacturing in other countries through third-party companies. Lululemon is claiming on their website that we don't own our manufacturing facilities, so we take great care in selecting our manufacturing partners. 
Our approach is to build relationships with factories that are aligned with our sourcing expectations. So AKA, we are not taking responsibility for where or how our products are made. I think they're taking the whole uh, see no evil, hear no evil approach mm-hmm. at this point. Definitely, totally, totally. Yeah, so... You know, this kind of speaks volume saying Lulu only cares about their profit. And it was originally made in Canada. And in the early 2000s, it started to be made overseas. And I really think you saw a decline in their totally in their quality, for sure. Mm-hmm. And this is when they started having any direct involvement with their manufacturing products. So Lulu, you know, it's kind of a call out, but you know, how can you stand there and say you're changing the world and applying this greatness through social impact when you're not even able to help those who are working right under your mm-hmm. nose? Totally. And it's awful. It's so terrible. Because everyone loves Lululemon. That's a crazy thing. And you can go on their website and they're like, we care about sustainability and yeah. we care about this. And and the people that work there are so nice. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's just like, honestly, it's crazy. I, uh, I saw a preview for a movie called The Real Cost. Um, interestingly enough, and it is about fast fashion, and you see clips of people in these factories in Bangladesh, and they just come out, and they're just covered in dyes, they're not wearing shoes, it's kind of crazy, so I think, awful working conditions, yeah, it's awful working conditions, and I think we're kidding ourselves, If, if, if your country, if your clothing is made in a third world country, it's highly unlikely that they have great working standards, and they have great labor practices, and, because here, we expect a clothing to be reasonably cheap and that is the only way that we're going to get that is off the back of somebody else exactly and it's like okay we also have to check our privilege we have to check you know what yeah I I think for me personally I'm okay with spending a little bit more money on clothing me too if it means that someone got paid a living wage because that's something I stress about something I stress about is like I deserve what I'm worth I agree and how can I say that while simultaneously buying a three dollar shirt from H&M I don't think we can do that Every week, too, because, yeah. you know, that shirt's going to last you one or two washes, and mm-hmm. it's going to be totally destroyed. Yeah. But somehow, that shirt manages to head back over to them in yeah. the end and mess up their economy. Yeah, right? How is that, like, that is or circular economy at there. a very twisted state. <laughs> All right, guys. There you have it. Our yeah. heated, delightful topic today <laughs> on fast fashion. Um, if you have any questions about anything we discussed this week, again, you can always email us at erwordyyc at gmail.com. You can find us at the R word underscore YYC on Instagram or at the R word YYC on Facebook. And finally, on our website, you can find the direct link to all of our episodes Ooh. for our podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening and uh, getting trashy with us today. Until, Until next time. time.